Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we will discuss with industry experts on how to create wealth and build passive income from apartment buildings, self-storage, mobile home parks, and much more. Here is your host, Jonathan Way. Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Way, and I'm the founder of Grayson Capital Group, my investment firm. If you're interested in passively investing with us, please visit graystonecapgroup.com and join our investor network. Okay, and now on to the show. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Jonathan. Thanks. Great, great. Um, today we'll talk about um, a great topic, Delaware Statutory Trust. Uh, I don't know much about it, so maybe you could help us explain um, this concept to us. All right. So, yeah. So the Delaware Statutory Trust is something I've heard about, but I really had no idea what it was until one of our investors called me and he said, hey, I've got a 1031 exchange and it's $2.1 million. Now, our average investor is $82,000. And so we have investors up to $675,000 and as low as $50,000. But you know, I'm not used to getting an investor saying, I want to put $2.1 million with you. Um, And so it was kind of a surprise. And um, I was happy to get his message, but he said, I want a 1031 exchange into your fund. And I said, "Uh, wait. And I called my attorney to confirm what I now know. And that is, it's absolutely impossible to do that. And so I actually had to tell him no. And I said, I'm sorry, I all I can do is offer you a tenant in common opportunity, which was really clunky and bulky. And for time's sake, I won't get into how that works unless you ask me. But here's the bottom line is it's not easy to 1031 exchange out of a property into a non-property, like into a fund. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I found out was he called me like a month later, he was at the end of his 45 days. And he said, I'm so happy. He said, I actually discovered the Delaware Statutory Trust. And I said, well, what's that? And I found out the Delaware Statutory Trust is an, is a, a, a managed um, opportunity. It's like a fully managed uh, property managed uh, opportunity to do a 1031 exchange out of a real estate property and into something that's managed. Now, before I go on any further, Jonathan, I should have asked, do your investors, do do you think I should do a quick review of the 1031 exchange? Uh, Yeah, real briefly. Yes. I figure most people know, at least have a general idea, but basically a 1031 exchange was established in the 1930s and it allows people to, instead of paying all the capital gains Mm -hmm. and all the, what's called depreciation recapture taxes on a property, they can exchange it for another. And it used to be, they literally exchange like one farm for another farm. But then people said, well, wait, what if I can actually hand the money from my sale to a third party and then I have some time to buy another one? And they started doing that. And apparently some people started abusing it and the IRS went after them. And after a long court battle with a guy named Starker, uh, which, which was not that long ago, I mean, in my mind, you know, the 90s, you know, uh, they finally said, okay, here are the rules for a 1031 exchange. So you can exchange, you can keep exchanging, you can 
can kick the can down the road till you die and then get what's called a reset basis, which is a huge advantage and allows people to create generational wealth by not paying capital gains and other painful taxes. And it allows you to grow a much larger portfolio by not having every time you sell and buy a new asset, not having to pay all those taxes. I mean, you, you know, oh. the same idea with an IRA, you know, an IRA, if you can invest tax-free, it really helps. Well, the problem with a 1031 exchange is you're buying another headache in some cases. So my guy who was so adamant, I forgot to tell you, he was 72 years old. He just retired from a hard, high paying, hard running legal job. He was actually a well-known attorney and he had, well, it's not important, but the point is he didn't want to manage another property, but he wanted to keep his 1031 exchange in place. Well, he, that's why he wanted to get into something where someone else would deal with the toilets, tenants, and trash and all the hassles. Mm -hmm. And so a Delaware statutory trust does that. It's like this revolutionary thing that popped up in the early 2000s, which says, okay, you can actually get rid of your property that's all this hassle and you can exchange into a fund and that fund will let somebody else take the management headaches for you. So that's the quick, basically it's a legal entity that allows people to exchange 1031 exchange into something where a third party manages it and you just get a piece of it like a fund ownership. So that's the kind of overview in about, that's the one minute overview in six minutes. (laughs) Okay, Uh great, great. So it's interesting. This is a third party managed sort of entity trust. Whereas you you, you could have done a tick, you could have done a tenant in common in your syndication. So there's two ways you can go about it basically. Yes, that's right. A tenant in common has tons of downsides. In fact, people like they, they get like angry when they hear the word now because people got burned and basically it means let's say you have a million dollars and you're investing in a 10 million dollar deal mm-hmm. and all the other people put in a million each as well one investor who disagrees with the other nine can stop everything like literally they all have the same vote oh. i mean a guy with a million dollars could basically trump the other let's say a hundred million in investors oh. uh, because they all have to agree unanimously to make any change like to sell oh, the property. I oh, I see. So mm, there, there's, yeah, people hate it. Okay. And, and plus you have to sign on the debt. All 10 people, let's say, would have to sign on all, let's say, 10 million in debt. Let's say it was a $20 million property. And uh, it's just not cool. What The cool thing about the DST, though, is nobody has to sign on the debt, but they get the advantage of the debt. Only the, uh, the manager of the DST has to take the debt out in their name. The manager who was the manager of the, of the DST. Okay, the manager. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So if I'm the manager and I'm offering a DST, I'd be the one finding the property. I'd be the one managing the property. Of course, I'd get a fee for that. I'd be the one taking the debt in my name. And honestly, the investors would be the ones getting the mass amount of advantages from this deal. Uh, the investors get much more out of it than the managers, to be really honest with you. Oh, okay. And do they get a K-1 distribution? Or how, what kind of tax reform do you give them? This has been so hard for people to get their arms around. There's no K-1. And the answer is, the reason is, it's direct ownership in the property. In other words, it's actual 
ownership in the property and therefore like for example jonathan if you yourself owned a self-storage facility in your name and nobody yeah. else had any ownership you wouldn't get a k-1 it would just yeah. be on your schedule c yes. the profit and losses would fall right into your well you know this you're a cpa yes what's well, the same thing here everybody gets a proportional share of a schedule c isn't that funny that's funny that's interesting it's very it's very interesting. yeah I didn't, I didn't know you could do that dst interesting interesting yeah because normally uh -huh. it's a trust and he's State, you get a it's almost like a, a pass-through like an s-corp like it's a, a pass-through you know what i'm saying like it's like yeah, a yeah right it's like, you know you know it flows through this is a very interesting concept i know yeah yeah okay great wonderful now um so if someone wants is there any qualifications to to set up a dst or what, what to watch out for here so setting it up is a real hassle um as you can tell we just did this um and last year we spent a few months getting it set up it was a lot of legal expense uh a just a lot of headache setting it up and i'm not complaining but it was more effort than like setting up an llc or setting okay. up a regular you know like um syndication it was a syndication okay. but it was just like on steroids wow. and so we had to get that all set up the legal expenses were like double a normal deal and um but we set it up and then we made it available to investors now the qualification for an investor to come in is they have to be accredited and they have to meet our minimum interestingly jonathan they don't actually have to have a 1031 exchange to come in it can be any investor who just wants a low hassle, predictable income stream and wants to be able to 1031 exchange out of it at the end. Oh. And that's like, we have investors who don't even have a 1031 exchange. They just like the idea of being in a self-storage facility, in our case, mm -hmm. that was predictable and uh, where they believe they would get a regular income stream. Oh, okay, great. That's wonderful. That's really a benefit for investors who are looking for that kind of avenue. Now, what yeah. would you say if you say let's say what would you say, Paul, if a regular investor come in your deal as a regular maybe partner like um syndication K one versus DST? What is this? What would you say to them? What's the pros and cons? Great question. So um, let me just tell you a few of the cons of the DST first. And so, I mean, so here's some of the advantages and the disadvantages, and then I'll answer your question if you remind me. So one of the advantages, the advantages of the DST, number one, you get the, the 1031 exchange. Number two, there's huge time pressure on a 1031 exchange. Anybody who's involved in one knows this. You have 45 days to decide on three potential replacement properties and six total months to close. Well, that's one thing in a normal normal environment, but we're in this overheated environment, at least while we record this, Jonathan, and it's very, very hard to find a replacement property. Next, when you get the replacement property, I mean, when you get it under contract, you're under huge um, like there's a lot of pressure against you to get the deal done because of the time frame. Okay. And if you find, let's say, black mold in the property and you tell the seller, hey, you need to give me a $20,000 discount for that black mold or $200,000, they'll say, no, forget it. You got a 1031 exchange. Sorry. And so uh -huh. anyway, this takes all that away. A DST, there's no time pressure. I mean, it's the same time frame, the 45 days and everything, but you don't have to go out and fly all over the country with COVID and everything, trying to find a property under pressure because basically you just you have a big menu of DSTs to choose from. And you can do it anytime you want. There's always some available. You don't have to match the size. You know, let's say you have a million dollars you need to exchange and you 
trying so hard to find a million dollar to exchange. Well, you can just say, okay, I'll just do 300,000 in the DST and I'll do 400 in another one and 300 in another one. You can diversify. Um, You know what you're getting. I mean, you don't have the risk of like, I don't know what I'm buying here. You actually know that you're buying, let's say a stabilized cash flow with like, let's say 5% annual return and then some more appreciation. But the disadvantage of the DST are number one, you're losing control. If you like to be in control, this is mm-hmm. not for you. Um, okay. So that that is one thing. Okay. Um, second, um, there's limited upside. Now, even though there's uh, you get all the appreciation, there's actually not very much appreciation because these are not value-add deals. They're stabilized deals. Oh, and okay. so they're typically not too huge on appreciation. Next, they're not liquid. Of course, a syndication's not either. One of the things though a lot of people hate is the high commissions and sales fees. Like like you have to pay a broker dealer like four to six to even 10. And I even saw 12% to get in. So my oh. guy that had 2.1 million, he was mad because he had to pay 6% commission to somebody to get in. Oh my God. Um, and oh. so he actually, he, I think he negotiated that down somehow. But anyway, okay. So those are some of the disadvantages of a DST, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And so here's what I will tell you. I made a good bit of money selling a mobile home park in December, just last month. Okay. I had I had the opportunity to choose between this DST and investing in a syndication, which is my own syndication that has self-storage and mobile home parks. And I chose to put all the money that I had available in the syndication. I did not choose the DST and you might wonder why since I manage it. Well, one, um, the DST has limited upside and number two, uh, the sales fees weren't there because since we're managing the DST, we're not paying anybody a broker commission. That's kind of cool. Um, And I know the property inside out because we've had the property for a while now. But the big reason is the syndication has a lot more upside. Like, so our syndication, we're projecting 8% annual return plus 8% appreciation. But being an insider, I know that the the appreciation could likely be much higher. The DST, on the other hand, had 6% annual return and then likely 4 to 6% annual appreciation. And that's it. Like we didn't expect it to ever hit higher than that. And so that's why I chose to do the syndication. Now, if I had a 1031 exchange going in, like I had to get out of a 1031 and into hands down, I would have done the DST for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so Paul, why would a DST be more like a stabilized versus a value add? Why can't it be a value add deal? Yeah, it's crazy. The, um, the, the DST is only allowed to have one tenant. That may sound impossible to you, but this was a 607 unit self-storage. We were only allowed to collect one rent check a month from all 607. And and that is a rule of the DST that cannot be broken. And if that tenant can't pay, like let's say they can't make their full payment, they could be in default. Well, the tenant is a single, it's basically called a, um, uh, I think it's called a single tenant uh, master lease, which means basically we had to insert a new LLC between all the investors in the DST, the DST mm-hmm. and the actual storage investors. So the 600 seven self-storage tenants pay all into this one LLC and that LLC pays rent 
to the oh. DST. And so that LLC, all the profit from that goes up into the DST because not only does the rent check go to them, but uh, other profit goes to them ultimately as well. And so the investors could actually, and we as managers could actually make a little more. The problem is if we make less, we could get in a real trouble with the bank and with other stuff. So it's important that we chose a stabilized asset that had no drama, but that no drama also meant very, very limited upside. Oh, I see. I see. I see. You have to choose something more safer. It means more stabilized. And you have one single tenant. LLC is a single tenant for you. And that single tenant pays up that vehicle to this DST. Yeah, that's it. That's very interesting because I never heard that such scheme before having this LLC as a single tenant. Having always paying, uh, that's a very interesting um, structure. Yeah, I know. I mean, here's an example. We, we were going to do a mobile home park. DST and a self-storage one. And then we realized, you know, self-storage, if you lose a tenant or two or three or 10, you probably replace them this month and you can keep your income generally stable. But if a mobile home park loses a few mobile homes, which is really, really unlikely, but if it happens, uh, it takes a while to, re to replace them and it could be a real problem for the income stream. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. And what, um, so this TST, when you give them this, the income, I guess, is it, usually a trust is, is generally not well, it depends. But is it so the income you get, I guess, is taxable to the, to the investor, right? When you get the income from DST? Interestingly, all the bonus depreciation that any other syndication or direct investment has is true here too. And so under the current law, which we all know was passed in December 2017 to allow this massive bonus depreciation, that applies here too. Now, of course, we don't know what will happen this year or next year if the bonus depreciation will change. But yeah, under the current law, whatever tax benefits, whatever depreciation and losses and gains are passed through and therefore it's taxed just like a syndication or direct ownership. Okay. And generally if you do cost seg, it'll be, be, mm -hmm. be loss, paper loss. So paper loss, you have no, you have no, no, no taxes because it's really paper loss. Okay. Yeah, this this self storage facility we did, we didn't know this till we were a month into marketing it, but it turned out it was modular construction. I mean, of course we knew it was modular construction, but we didn't know the cost seg study would say that we could write off like eighty five or ninety percent of the cost of the uh, the building um, wow. all in the first year. Wow, so it that's created amazing. this massive, massive loss. Oh. Oh yeah, that will that be like significant amount of losses you take. And if you're a real estate uh, full time real estate person, you take advantage in, in active active income, which is W two, right. which is which is great. So you're active. Isn't income. that crazy? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. I I um I hope we still get good benefits in real estate. Um, the next administration and the current uh, Biden administration. Great. Um, anything else you want the viewers know about this DST product? Um, yeah. So you can go to uh, a broker dealer, and you should be able to find uh, a lot of offerings of DSTs. Uh, I don't, I'm not here to advertise for any of those broker dealers. I don't even, I only know one or two and I barely know them, but I mean, you can find them. Um, I'm trying to, I'm scrambling to think of one. I think one's called Realized, that's R-E-A-L-I-Z-E-D 1031.com. And they have a huge menu of, of DSTs, but they're, they're not exclusive. Other broker dealers 
like K properties, K-A-Y, they have the same exact DSTs on their menu as well. Um, I mean, you know, and so they all get the commissions and all that for selling them. But that's a way to get them. I mean, if somebody wants to go direct to buy a DST, they can reach out to me. We, I'm not saying we'll have any at the time, uh, but um, yeah, we do have one available right now. But um, we're, we're going to cons- really think hard before we do the next one in, in case the new president administration tries to take away the 1031 exchange. I see. I see. I understand. I understand. So DSTs offer broker dealers on, on a market where you can invest in a DST and, and I guess they choose what the holdings are or they know what the holdings inside. Yeah. You see a, you see a, a prospectus and what it is, like the fund. Yes, that's right. And then if you like it, you invest. It's almost like a fund. You're going to put money into that thing. Right. Okay. Okay, great. But it's a big, big commissions fee that uh, I used to work for a broker dealer. I used to a lot of oh, broker dealer in, in the world. Yeah. Do you know um, New Edge, Sock Gen, New Edge? It was a very large broker dealer. No, I world. don't. Uh, you okay. know, you know, you know, MF Global, MF Global. Mm-hmm. That, okay, so that went down because that went down, right? So we, we became the largest, bigger than Goldman Sachs at the time. That's called New oh. Edge, so, Society General New Edge. Yeah. So did they and sell DSTs? They sold no. They, their specialty was futures, commodities, and merchants. Okay. Uh, precious oil and gas, metals. Wow. And they did equities for very large hedge funds. Hedge funds was mm-hmm. one of the clients, like banks and hedge funds. So, wow. So yeah, we used to do that. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. So yeah. So these broker dealers. Um, I'm pretty sure that some of them are really good. I know some of them don't. I mean, there's no way one broker dealer, let's say in Kansas City, can know all the details about 40 different DSTs located all over the country. I, I just, they can't. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing people don't like is they're giving a 6% commission to somebody who doesn't really know the details. Oh. And so cause of that, um, a lot of people think that there needs to be another way to buy DSTs. And that's one of the reasons we decided to, um, you know, to, to offer them directly without a broker dealer, to be really honest. Okay, that's great. That's great to um, give more opportunities for your investors to invest in. Yeah. Besides syndication. Okay, so thank you, yes. Paul. Um, how can people reach out to you for more, for more information? Um, I would just recommend that people just get hold of me at my uh, website. It's Wellings capital.com that's w-e-l-l-i-n-g-s c-a-p-i-c-a-p-i-t-a-l.com wellingscapital.com and i actually have a fairly new special report it's called how to create massive wealth through a 1031 exchange and dst and uh, you can get that uh, 18 page report by going to wellingscapital.com forward slash resources Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Paul. Come on the show. All right, Jonathan. Great to see you again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information, you can find us online at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. See you again next time.